when's the last time you felt a sense of accomplishment? What do you normally do to experience that? How about going out and having fun? Is that something you neglect doing? These two things are essential to well-being when you have a chronic illness. But hey, don't take it from me. Lupus and APS warrior and author Darren Radke takes us through this part of our, our well-being journey on this week's episode of Chronically Living. I'm Kelsey Harris, chronic illness warrior and psychotherapist. On Chronically Living and How to Make the Most of It, we're providing tangible ways to improve the well-being of Spoonies. So get ready to make the most out of your life, even with that pesky chronic illness. I'm from Marshall, Wisconsin, which is just east of Madison, the capital. I'm 49 years old, and and right now I'm on disability, so I'm trying to be a full-time parent. Try to be as good as as I can. This is Darren, and he's had a long journey to get a diagnosis. And then, of course, the journey doesn't really end once the diagnosis comes. I'm sure many of you can relate. I asked him to take us through a bit of that journey. In April of 2000, I ended up having two blood clots, one in my right clavicle, one in my left lung, hospitalized for a couple of days. At that point, I was diagnosed as lupus anticoagulant, which was pretty generic. And from November of 2006 to April of 2007, I suffered three seizures. At that point, they diagnosed me with epilepsy, even though they really didn't do any testing beyond the diagnosis. So again, I I felt that was pretty generic. After switching neurologists, I was kind of fed up. I was asked to research the APS Foundation of America website, which changed my life forever. I had help by a person's name of Tina Pullman. And with her help, she helped me make a change in doctors and locations. And within five months, kid you not, I was diagnosed with both APS and lupus. And that was back in 2012. And throughout that time, you know, going through a lot of um, natural changes with my body and kind of led me up to writing a book about it. I'm going to have Darren talk a bit more about his book later, but first I decided to ask about APS. Now I've read Darren's book, so I know what it is, but I hadn't heard of it before reading the book. So I figure some of you probably have the same question. What is APS? That's called anti-philosophic syndrome. For me as a male, it affects my blood, you know, with clots. It also has the ability to neurological issues, which that are similar to MS, which I set that bill perfectly, unfortunately. A lot of it really, it does, you know, affect the the lungs, it also affects heart, but for women, it's a lot worse, and it's unfortunate what women with ACS do go through. Mm. You know, the diagnosis really, with APS and lupus, APS was actually 
something I was hoping for. I know that sounds kind of weird, but at that time I was going through disability, getting signed up, getting going, and I was running into a lot of issues. And being diagnosed with APS certainly helped get me on that path. The look this came as a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. When they looked at my labs, you know, I was just over where I got the, the official diagnosis of lupus. So it, that itself was, like I said, stunning, but that has progressively gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And now it's to the point where doing labs is almost a waste of time. It's a no brain. 40% of people who do have lupus have APS, and a lot of them may not know that and might be a head scratcher and hopefully you know that gives some people a little bit of hope of finding you know maybe you know they do have extra issues going on with their bodies i originally invited darren on the show to talk about the two coping skills he uses that he talks about in his book as sometimes happens i found a totally different theme through the conversation but let's start with his first coping skill, music. I have always been a music fan, kind of being a Gen X, you know, Generation X. I grew up on MTV, all the one-hit wonders or two-hit wonders, you know, always grew up liking that. Eventually, I got exposed to a little uh, in a heavier direction. To me, I like the way the lyrics and the music sounded. It was an you know, those are the kind of things that propelled me to loving it so much. And a lot of it that I listen to, you know, really has attitude behind it and things that you can relate. And those are the things that I just love. And nowadays, there's really not a whole lot of bands that I'm really blown away by. And I find myself rather listening to, you know, a lot of the oldest stuff. And that kind of goes hand in hand with my weightlifting in a way, because it's, it's just a way to forget about life for a while. You could be doing, you know, housework or stuff like that. I got the headphones on, listening to music, and, you know, you just tune everything out. Like what Darren says about finding something in song lyrics that you can relate to, I do the same thing. Much like Darren, I love music, and it's a wonderful way to process, almost indirectly. Darren mentions that he uses his coping skills to distract, but I'm actually going to make a different argument about how he uses them based on what I actually heard during the interview. Um, That conversation I kind of listened with my counseling ear on, though I didn't actually mention my interpretation to him during the interview. The other coping skill I wanted Darren to talk about is exercise because he wrote a lot about it in his book. And I know that while we've talked about it on the show before, the information has always been coming from healthcare professionals. I wanted a chronic illness worry's experience with it to be shared. Uh, Per se. (laughs) I started way back in 1990. I know I did a little before that when I was still in high school. I still did a little lifting, but nowhere near when I first started in 1990 and it didn't take long, I got hooked. And 
now I've been doing resistance training. I have a bullflex in my basement, been using that well over a dozen years. What I have is probably well outdated, but it works. You know, I just love that feeling of accomplishment. You know, no matter how big or little it is, it, it, it just brightens up your day. You know, it's like you, you're working hard towards the goal and you, you reach that goal. It's like, yeah, it's great. And even though I can't push myself very hard as much as I used to, I should say, because of uh, a heart valve issue. But to me, it's just a great way to forget about life for a while. You know, you focus on what you're doing. That might seem like a no-brainer, but you, you got to have 100% focus. Otherwise, if you're looking at trying to get hurt, that's a good way of doing so. But also, you know, exercising, it's just something to look forward to every day. You know, if my body allows me to do it, it's, it's awesome. I, I just love that feeling. If I can get my diet down packed, my body may reflect that a lot better, all the hard work that I, you know, used to do and now trying to maintain everything. But again, it's just something I love. You, you just tune everything out. And yeah. for me, it's like, you know, that's my hour. You know, if I can get through a whole workout, like, hey, you know, just forget about life for a while or, you could take your frustrations out. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of those, you know, with with our illnesses and dealing with, you know, I'll just throw out there right now and health insurance company, I'm having an issue. But it's a good way of taking that frustration out. It just feels good. It's just something, you know, you, you just get hooked. And once you get hooked, it, it's hard to let go. Having a sense of accomplishment. I love this. And it totally makes sense. I also feel accomplished after my workouts. Of course, exercise isn't the only way to obtain a sense of accomplishment. But because there are other evidence-based benefits of it for people with chronic pain, let's say, this added benefit is really important. I did ask Darren if it helps with any of his lupus symptoms, mainly thinking again, pain. Here's what he had to say. That's a tough one to answer. I've always believed you need to stay flexible somehow, some way. And I feel that that helps with, you know, like doing yoga, you try to want to keep yourself flexible. Mm-hmm. And I think it does help, you know, from the muscle standpoint, but as far as your joints and things like that, it's like, yeah, you, it, it's kind of hit or miss, right? You know, when I'm on, you know, walking on my treadmill and even wearing, you know, knee braces, you can feel a little knock here and there. And it's like the way your body telling you, hey, you know, your joints, not quite 100% today. You better, you know, take it easy. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that go heavy or go home mentality that I used to have when I worked out in the gym definitely had a scale back throughout the years. But I have learned to isolate instead of annihilate the muscles, you know, you don't want to tax them too heavy, but when you're working the muscles, you want to make sure like if you're doing biceps, your biceps should be doing all the work, not, you know, your back and throwing your back into things. 
you just want to isolate. So you don't have to go as heavy as... I appreciate Darren's honesty with his answer. It seems that it helps him with certain symptoms like muscle pain, but not others like joint pain. And he mentioned that flexibility gain from yoga is important, which I agree with. Of course, this is going to be slightly different for every person. So what kind of exercise routine does Darren do and how does he manage this routine safely? If I have a great day, I would start off the morning. If I remember to do yoga, I don't do anything, you know, beyond, you know, balancing and things along those lines. Because I do have bad knees from prior injuries playing lots of sports, you know, as a kid and all the way, you know, through life. But uh, and shortly after that, I'll go on my treadmill, just do some walking. I do have long legs, so I can get up to just about five miles per hour. I know some people are jogging by then, but I don't jog. I never liked it. I would never do that on a treadmill. And after I'm done with that, I hope that by the afternoon, by one, maybe two, depending upon how my body feels, I'll do some resistance training. If usually, depending upon which body part I'm working on, I might say it will take 45 to maybe 75 minutes. And usually that's perfect. Today happens to be one of those days where it's like I feel great. I'm going to probably squeeze in another, you know, resistance training, try to get some of that done today. My body's cooperating. And what about on days that you don't feel as great? Like, what do you do? Any exercise then, or what do you do on those days? I, I'll do absolutely nothing. Yeah. I know my body's telling me, hey, you got that line in this thing, and it's like, you better not cross that line, or you're really going to pay for it. So it's like, you know, you take what your body's willing to give you, and if it's not there, it's not there. So I've come to, you know, just accept, you know, if I can't do any exercise, which happens quite a bit, I'm fine with it. But that goes, you know, with my overall health, you know, I could try to plan to do things, but if my body is just not up to it, you know, you just got to accept it, you know, you just got to take it easy. Yeah. I think that kind of answers my next question too, which was um, like, how do you establish a safe routine? But it sounds like you've said focusing on specific muscle groups, not exercising when you can't kind of going not past what you're able to do. Is there anything else that you would add? You know, I try to do everything possible to stay, to stay safe when I'm doing things. As I mentioned before, just walking on the treadmill, I wear knee braces since. I've had my right knee scope back in 2002. And I know my left knee isn't 100% as well. So I wear the braces. They do get very uncomfortable, but I also want to preserve them as much as possible. Being 49, you definitely got to need to take care of your body. But as well, you know, if I'm doing resistance training, you know, you know how... When you've been doing this for 30 years, you definitely know what you can do, what you should do, 
and what to avoid. And with being using a bullflex, you know, you're limited to, you know, the movements. And I've learned through experimentation, you know, what works best, what doesn't. And I've been able to adapt my training style accordingly. Darren really listens to his body. And there's a huge difference between listening to our bodies and listening to our minds. If you're listening right now and you don't exercise, your mind might be telling you that you can't. Whereas when Darren is exercising and his body says stop, he does. Or if he wakes up and his body says no, not today, he takes it as a not today, but then is back at it once his body says it's okay again. He and I can both appreciate that some of you might be having some fear around exercising. I mean, Darren himself has a heart condition and he still does it. So how does he deal with that fear? I do run into it with my cardiologist. So we've kind of got to an agreement to keep myself in a 15 rep to 20 rep range, not to overtax the heart because in the past I would get a splitting headache and never knew why until I talked to a doctor and before, you know, behold, you know, I found out that I had a heart valve issue. So I need to make sure I don't overdo it. If I do, if I start getting a splitting headache, I better either get to the couch or if it starts getting worse. And I haven't had this happen, but I better be calling 911 because I could very well possible have a heart attack or, you know, that valve could blow. Uh, so we kind of work together with my cardiologist. We know, and also, you know, throughout the years, I know when my body is starting to work harder and my breathing is getting off. And that tells me right there, stop. And again, that comes from experience throughout the years. And I know it's something that's hard to, to tell somebody, you know, that doesn't, you know, work out or things along those lines. It's, you just know your body and when it's starting to go through a change during exercise and you know, it's okay, let's stop. Otherwise, I'm going to have more problems on my hands. So work with your healthcare team. Make sure you come up with a plan that is safe for your condition. When I started working out again, I actually got a personal trainer who had experience working with clients with autoimmune diseases, and he helped me tailor a program to my current abilities, wants, needs, and my conditions. He also said, don't work out during a flare, which is basically the same advice Darren gave earlier. In Darren's book, he writes about his 10 commandments of exercise. I asked him to share a few of those with us, but for all of them, you're going to have to pick up his book. 10 commandments, I kind of uh, borrowed them from a YouTube, used to be a power lifter and now big time weightlifter, name of C.T. Fletcher. And if you go on YouTube, he's a great motivator. Uh, a lot of swearing. <laughs> so, but he had bodybuilding.com uh, asked him about his 10 commandments. And I thought, it's like, wow, I, that's kind of cool. You know, I thought if I was going to write something about, you know, weightlifting exercise, then why don't I come up with my own 10 commandments, things that I live by. 
well, for the most part. <laughs> and I just thought, well, let's, let's have some fun with it. And this also carries over to my overall health throughout the day. Like, you know, like listen to your body all day long. I mean, yeah, it may seem like a no-brainer, but in a way it's like, there's always that tendency to always push yourself a little harder, even, and it has nothing to do with even working out. You know, there could be things around the house that may need to get done, but, you know, your body's trying to tell you, like, hey, you know, there's always tomorrow, you know, you're not feeling great, you shouldn't do this. And then, of course, you end up doing it and you pay the price the following day. One of my first commandments is food is, is fuel, you know, doing dieting, which is something, again, is my biggest downfall. When you're home all the time, you tend to go to the cupboard or the refrigerator because you're actually bored and you're filling that void with food, which is terrible, but... <laughs> It's tough to avoid when you're home all the time. And that's one thing. And even in being on the medication that I am on, they said you you may gain weight. And it's like it it should say you will gain weight because medication really does a lot of odd things to the body. But otherwise, yeah, I like another commandment makes every rep count. Again, you, you know when your body has reached to a point that maybe you need to quit or in my situation, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing things correctly. I'm isolating whatever muscle group that I might be working that particular day. I don't like to cheat. So I really want to make that muscle work, make it count. Another one, you know, change your routines often that is one i actually stole from shiki because our bodies adapt adapt to routines adapt to a lot of things in life it's amazing how our bodies do that uh, a great example is somebody who drinks you know regular coffee and then switches to a decaf coffee you know by the end of the week you know they're nowhere near like themselves you know they're, they don't have any energy chances are they're crabby <laughs> not saying i would ever be that way by the end of the week your body you know it's got to adapt to something new and it's like whoa what do you, what is this guy doing you know so you got to change things up you know often you, you, you do the same thing over and over again your body gets used to it I also talk about how you got to continue to stretch throughout your workouts. And that was always something I got some weird looks back in the 90s when I worked out in the gym. Because, again, I always believed in flexibility and I didn't want to get hurt. And I only got injured once throughout all those years. And from that standpoint, I'm glad. And, you know, I don't care about the scaring that went on. It's like I didn't get hurt. Otherwise, you know, you, you got to find what motivates you. And then, you know, you got to have 
fun at what you're doing. Again, you don't want to be just exercising by going through the movements. Just kind of say, oh, you know, I'm just working out just to say, you know, hey, I, I worked out. And it's like, well, that's fun, you know. To me, that's always been something I've always enjoyed. Again, you, you, that feeling of accomplishment is, is worth it. You know, it's always something you look forward to in your job, you know, making sure you accomplish your goals there, even at home, to accomplish your goals and being a parent, being a husband. You, know, you just want to make sure you're doing everything that you should be doing or could be doing. And that brings us full circle back to that sense of accomplishment. Yes, definitely helps if you're having fun doing what you're doing. So sometimes that does require a bit of creativity, especially if you're not someone who enjoys exercising, for example. Though that sense of accomplishment may help you eventually enjoy it anyway. And here Darren says that sense of accomplishment and the positive feelings that come with it can be obtained by many other things throughout the day, like getting some tasks done or spending time with your family. And a sense of accomplishment is extremely beneficial for well-being. In his book, Darren writes, live for today, seize the day. What does that phrase mean to him? You never know what tomorrow may bring. And I know that's a cliche, but honestly, I was just in a situation where I was in the hospital in early August and I've got some lung issues that, you know, I'm going to be going through, you know, the testing process and who knows what they need to bring. Would I have to make some changes in my life? And that's where, you know, in today's a great example. I, I feel great. I enjoy this day. Everything. When you know, I talk about seize the day, you know, that's where, you know, exercising was one part of it. Just trying to get, you know, a few things done around the house is another part of it. And I just feel great. So today it's like I'm trying to do as much as I can to make sure I'm not overdoing things because I don't want to put off what I could today to tomorrow because God only knows what tomorrow may bring. And I kind of stole that from Dead Poets Society, that movie. <laughs> but you just, when you got chronic illnesses or you never know uh, what tomorrow may bring. And even things can happen in the same day, mm-hmm. you know, if you wait, push things off until like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll do this stuff this afternoon and this afternoon comes and you feel like you got hit by a, a semi and dragged, you know, a couple blocks down the road. It's, so you, you just, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, live life, you know, do something. Don't be stuck like me, you know, where you're stuck at home. It's like, God, enjoy yourself. Don't be afraid that to have fun. And I also feel like, you know, with our illnesses, 
you know, we hold ourselves back and it's like, you got a question and it's like, are we holding ourselves back? Like we're afraid to have fun, you know, cause we don't know what if, you know, and I often wonder after myself, it's like, am I afraid to have fun? It's, have I forgot what that is? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel great today. Let's go do something, you know, with the family. And part of me feels like, oh boy, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. And it's like, God, it's like, I wonder, it's like, you know, am I just afraid to have fun? You can get out of the house for a while. It's like, it's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. It's a head scratcher. It's like, why do I want to be cooped up in the house when I'm, that way on you know every day i abandoned the fear of the what ifs around going out and having fun a long time ago but i appreciate that for many people they're stuck there i'm glad darren brought this up but also how important for our well-being it is to go and have some fun okay so let's talk about darren's book for a bit my book chronicles the 21 year journey how things first started and I kind of go through you know just how simple that I wake up one morning and my right arm has swelling and five days later I'm in a hospital bed with clots and I kind of I wanted to start there and go through almost as a timeline how things changed within my life, not necessarily my health, but also my personal life and how everything, you know, you worked around that and how things kind of derailed your life, your accomplishments. I talk about a lot of the pros and cons with, you know, my doctors and facilities that I went to. I've had a few issues with doctors, big surprise but also talking about disability. The disability process is not a walk in the park. It took me three years, lots of paperwork. It is not an enjoyable process. And to tell people, even you're on disability, you get that funny feeling, you know, does this person believe me? I talk about a lot of my everyday life how it affects my family because it definitely puts more pressure on my wife. I've, I've been told, you know, before that it's like, boy, you must be really strong to be able to talk about your story. It's like, no, you should talk to my wife. She's a lot stronger than I ever will be. But also, you know, towards the end of the book, you know, trying to understand what my limitations are. You kind of learn them the hard way, unfortunately. Like an example would be, you know, being out in the sun too long for like two hours. So you use that as an example. You come to find out that it's like, you know, you better keep your exposure to an hour and a half. That way you don't feel the after effects because of, you know, with lupus. And with all that, you know, you can create your own boundaries. Again, you know, that line in the sand, I, I know I use that line way too much but it's kind of just the way it is you know because you know it's like don't cross that line 
and that's your boundary. Yeah. It's not a fun thing to have those boundaries, but they're there to keep you safe. It took me three years to write it because I'm not a type of person that can just sit down and do everything at once. It's, I, my brain just doesn't function that way. And there for a while, I had post-it notes all over my computer. Notebooks with little notes here and there. I mean, I it was a disorganized mess, but that was that's the way how I function. You know, the thoughts come and go, and then when the thoughts come, I you better write it down. So let's do our lightning round questions. All right. So, what are the top five songs that describe your life? And I'm excited because you're a music lover. I actually had a tough time narrowing it down to five. Not but, surprising. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here we go. I am the first one is from the band Suicidal Tendency. And I would tell people don't get lost up in that name, but the song is called Feel Like, and I won't swear, but crap, Deja Vu. That's the name of the song. The next song is Through and Through by a band called Life of Agony. Again, I would say don't get lost up in the title of the band because it is a very serious song, Through and Through. My next one is called Judas by the band Fozzy. The lead singer actually is Chris Jericho, a famous wrestler. Excellent song. Next one, Something's Off by Hate Breed. Kind of a brutal song. And Pain Redefined by Disturbed. I know Disturbed is very well known throughout the industry. It's not a song most people have heard, but it's 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 a great song. And I think you could call what we go through, you know, the pain you're redefining things. So I always thought that's an excellent song. So that's the five I narrowed it down to. I think I had about 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very impressed that you were able to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, but these are the five that if I really need to pick me up, you know, they kind of let loose of, you know, of what you're going through, what describes you. It's like, okay, these are definitely the ones. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you can't go a day without doing? Can it be a tie? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, my family is number one, but if there's a one and a half, it would have to be football. Here in Wisconsin, Green Bay Packers, it's, it's, it's a way of life around here. And when they play, you, you uh, plan your whole day around them. And I know I'm not the only one. It's, it's, that's how serious we take things here. So definitely football has got to be on that list. Awesome. What's one thing you plan on doing in your life that you haven't yet? Take a vacation with my wife. We haven't, you know, of course, with having children, you know, the only vacation we took ourselves was our honeymoon. We went down to Sandals in the Bahamas. We which was just perfect after all the stress you go through, you know, for a wedding. But the only vacation we've been able to take with the children was, and thankfully, you know, Walt Disney World 
because throughout the last three years, we've had some plans, but we've had to cancel them because of all the changes my wife was going through as a physical therapist assistant. We all know the health industry has its ups and downs, and she definitely was going through a, a lot of the downs. So we've had some plans that just we had to cancel. So right now, it'd be nice to take a vacation just to two of us. And we do have one plan for our 25th and wedding anniversary. But being in that three years from now, a lot could happen. But we would like to go back to Sandals in the Bahamas and exchange our, renew our vows. We thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. I hope that happens for you. Yes, I do too. Describe your perfect day. To do whatever I want to do, where you have absolutely no boundaries, you're pain-free, you don't have to worry about any issues the following day. To me, that's the perfect day, to be able to just let loose, do whatever you want to do, whatever it may be, who cares, you know, that would be perfect, you know, or be able to mix in with family time as well, you know. I don't have to worry about what tomorrow may bring. I'm going to feel fine, you know. To me, that would be, that would mean everything to me to describe a perfect day. Just uh, be pain-free and know that there's going to be no consequences to the following day. Yeah, that does sound perfect. And how do you inspire others to make the most of their lives? Well, I hope the first one is my book. I hope I can get people to, you know, read it. Hopefully that would inspire others to, to be able to open up, maybe have a little more of an understanding what the body is doing. Another one is my actions, you know, how I carry myself, how I go about the day. I try not to be somebody who's afraid to do maybe a little more than you have to help out, you know, people where I can let those actions carry over. And it might sound kind of cheesy, but I'm going to say it anyway, to inspire people is to talk on podcasts such as this one, to be able to kind of, you know, again, hopefully my story inspires others and that people won't be afraid to talk about what they have. Yeah, it stinks what, you know, everybody's going through. Everybody's different, but whatever we can do to pick somebody else up, you know, to help them out, you know, one at a time, you know, that's perfect. Amazing. Where, do you have social media that we could follow you on or a website we could find? My website is www.deceivedfromwithin.com. From there, you can find, you can contact me directly. You can read my blog. I try doing that once a week. I did have a little hiccup with dealing with a health insurance issue. And, but you also can find a location where you can order merchandise, APS and Lucas Spider merchandise. It was something that I created 
where it combines uh, on the ribbon both burgundy and purple, which are the separate colors for APS and uh, lupus. I'm quite proud of that. And you can go to that website and as well as order my book. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a fantastic guest. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast and to be able to talk to everybody. The theme of this episode really became about how having a sense of accomplishment can improve our well being as chronic illness warriors. Even for Darren, just to have written a book about himself, in addition to that likely being therapeutic, it's obvious that he has a sense of accomplishment with that as well. Earlier, I mentioned that I don't think Darren's use of music and exercise are a distraction like he mentioned they were. Instead, it really seems to align with values-based living, health, exercise, music. These things are important to him. So he participates in activities that are based on his values and give him some sense of relief, accomplishment, and enjoyment. Okay, it's time to reflect. What did you notice about your thoughts and feelings while you were listening to Darren speak today? And what do you notice about your noticing either in that moment or now as we reflect back on it? Don't forget to buy Darren's book if you're interested in hearing more from him. And please rate and review the show wherever you get it and let other people know in our amazing community about this show. Thanks everyone for listening this week and keep making the most of it. Special thanks to Nicole Skira for the original music and to Charity Williams for the original artwork.